0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time and unfortunately my regular co-host Trevor Stores he told me he had to wash his hair so he can't be here today or at least you know that's what he told me i don't know maybe he's just playing hooky but either way it doesn't matter because we got scott king on the show with us today godfather of the football garbage time former editor-in-chief of football points and so much more and uh, which uh, by the way is the spiritual precursor of football garbage time so go check that out because we've saved a bunch of pages on our website but anyway scott's here he's joining us today so hey scott how's it going
0: it's going good. And anybody that follows me on Twitter and see my avatar knows that I never have to take time to wash my hair. So uh, I, that will be an excuse for me.
1: That's right. I am I, already suspicious of Trevor uh, playing hooky on the podcast today. I, actually, to be honest, he had a... He had an interview with somebody uh, in the Washington football team organization. Oh, I am the Washington Commanders organization. He had to handle for another podcast. He's podcasting around for goodness sake. Uh, so I believe him when he, <laughs> for those reasons. But yes, if you follow Scott, I would I would not believe you, Scott, if you said you had to wash your hair to get off the show. That definitely would not fly. <laughs> One thing that everybody will notice though, if they follow Scott on social media, is that you also follow NASCAR, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, we just
0: yeah. got the uh Daytona 500 in the yeah portion, and right good good to get it out of the way. Um, been there many times, went to school in Daytona, so I got to see it firsthand. But uh, big big talk was on the new cars this year, and I'm I'm a little on the fence. They're they're actually quite a bit slower than previous years. for anybody that watched. they're about 10 miles off mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from last year, but
1: uh, yeah, we'll see. The start the yeah and I. So. Um will Yeah, it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun I mean, this is the thing I will have to say this Because I am I, I, have, never, I have not previously been A NASCAR fan I've kind of gotten into NASCAR Later on in life And that's because I had a friend From North Carolina Who loves NASCAR And he kind of got me into it A little bit one thing that I know that I don't like is cars getting slower. <laughs> I definitely don't want cars to get slower. <laughs> That's the thing I, I most don't want to see in a car race is slower cars. So that will be interesting to see how that all kind of shapes up for the rest of the season. But, yeah, this is a good start, I think, and always fun for the Daytona 500. That's on my checklist, by the way. That's on my bucket list. I want to get there. So you, you've been there a couple times, right? Yeah, we actually worked up in college, so I've been to four
0: or five of them oh so
1: that 100% has to see must see all right well just just because of the fact that it's also in Florida at a cool time of the year and the fact you get to see fast cars I'm all there that's going to happen that is going to happen for sure all right well we got plenty of other sports stuff to talk about today and it's football but it's not all NFL football it's also USFL because we got the inaugural USFL draft at least. Uh, in its current reincarnation. And we have a little bit of talking about the Aaron Rodgers saga, which continues over from last year. And we're going to talk about some of the top available NFL free agents and much, much more. So uh, let's get rolling. Now, before we jump right in, I got to ask you, Scott, because I asked uh, everybody on the show last week about this as well, the halftime show. So a little bit different this year. Uh, lots of lots of guests this year. Um, give us a rating here. Uh, in your opinion, zero to ten, ten being the best. How would you rate this year's halftime show in the in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I definitely
0: have to give it a, a solid eight. I think it was great. You know, I, I like the compilations over just one person or maybe a couple. So uh, I'm a I'm a big Eminem fan. So ah, to see him out yeah yeah, yeah with Snoop and. And uh and those guys I think I think they did well, you know, they they balanced it, it was entertaining. I saw a lot of people on Twitter making fun of you know the over whatever thirty five crowd was really into it, and the under <laughs> twenty crowd didn't know who they were. But <laughs> like, so right, I guess that puts me squarely in that in that camp because I loved it. And uh, yeah, but it was there was definitely some gray hairs out there, which is which is interesting. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd say I love seeing uh you know Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, but I'm like they're not moving much. <laughs> they are really no. pretty <laughs> static right now. No. Eminem also great. That must be the Detroit connection, right? The entire Eminem thing. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah,
0: I've I've heard his name around for a long time. So oh yeah, uh, yeah definitely there.
1: Yeah, that's that's some good stuff. Yeah, I also rated it really high. I said the the next, and I will remember this Super Bowl for a long time because there were so many performers. there, so many notable performers there performing so many different songs. I thought that was great, much better than the weekend the year before where it was really one note. Although. Yeah. It will never supplant my memory of Left Shark from Super Bowl forty nine. I don't know if you remember Left Shark, he was just kinda of doing his own thing behind Katy Perry the time. Yeah, that guy brilliant. Whoever he was, that was very that was very memorable for me for some reason. So <laughs> there you go. Um, All right, well, enough about the Super Bowl. That's way long gone, but I just, you know, had to ask you that because it's always interesting to me how people feel about the halftime show. You know, can you be entertaining in 20 minutes? Hard to do. All right, let's talk about the USFL draft because USFL is back. And when I say back, I mean back from its last incarnation, which ceased operations all the way back in 1986. And now we talked about this pre-show a little bit, but I I didn't realize this, Scott, but I went back and checked. And there were a lot of freaking amazing movies that came out in 1986. And I feel that you and I can talk about this. If I talked about this with Trevor, he might be like, dude, I was like zero. So, um, <laughs> but I can, I can talk to you about 1986 and the movies that were out in 1986. I had some great ones there. Do you have a, do you have a favorite? I'll give you my favorites first. And, then, um, and, and I know there's a bunch of them out there. And, and this is unfair because I didn't even know these movies were from 1986. But Aliens. One of my all-time favorites was Sigourney Weaver in 1986. Love that. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Definitely one of my all-time favorites. Growing up outside of Chicago, I loved Ferris Bueller. I wanted, Everybody wanted to be Ferris Bueller. And uh, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. How could you not like that with Top Gun Maverick coming out this year? Hoosers. I mean, I'm not from the University of Indiana. I'm sorry. Indiana University. Sorry, guys. Uh, but um, what a great, what a great movie that was, Highlander. I, you know, I will we'll never forget that movie. And of course, if anybody watches or listens to our show and our scares and dares episodes, you know I love a good horror movie. There was a, a little-known horror movie during that year called April Fool's Day, which I really liked as well. So, what about you here, Scott? Anything pop up? as something that you're interested in, or a show that you, a movie you really like from '86?
0: Yeah, I mean, that year, it, it, it's it like the fine, you know, the youth for us that, that remember it. But I, I've got to yep. go Top Gun. I mean, it was yeah. ingrained um, when I went to college. It, it was, it's all everyone ever talked about. And, and the anticipation over the last two years now almost for yeah. for the new Top Gun. I mean, that thing just keeps getting delayed and delayed. So, yeah, I got I got to go Top Gun.
1: Yeah, and, and be honest, Scott. Was any of your friends in college nicknamed Iceman? Just because of the fact that you watched Top Gun before that, there's got to be one guy, right? Yeah, I one think guy. Pretty,
0: pretty much everybody
1: thought they were Iceman. So yeah, it was it was kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, for it's, sure.
1: It's, it's so funny because he was like the antagonist, right? I mean, it's, nobody wanted to be Maverick. Everyone wanted to be Iceman because he was freaking cool. Val Kilmer was cool. So anyway, um, and, uh, uh, although I have to say, I create, it's the entire volleyball scene a little bit cringeworthy now when you rewatch it. Like, ah. <laughs> You know, they could have cut about three minutes off of this, I think, and we would have gotten the same point. Yeah, they're friends. I like it. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, all right. Well, anyway, the point being that the last time the USFL existed was in 1986 during those movies. And and now they're back, and its inaugural draft is uh, already happened, February 22nd to 23rd. Over 200 players, almost 300 players actually, were selected from a pool of about 500 signed eligible players which include some folks that we've actually interviewed on the show like Jeremy Bell the cornerback from the University of Charleston and Paul Terry the running back from Eastern New Mexico University we're very much looking forward to both of them getting signed and getting on the show uh, getting on the field getting a shot on the field with the USFL so we're looking out for that and our loyal listeners will also recall that we interviewed the four-time pro bowler two-time Super Bowl champion wide receiver Gary Clark last year and he got his start in the previous incarnation of the USFL, and he told us how important that opportunity was for him and other players and how that time helped him get to being a part of the Washington Redskins Ring of Honor that he is today. So we've detailed on our website how the 2022 USFL draft worked. It was actually closer to the XFL draft than it was to the NFL draft. It was many rounds that was limited by position. So the way they did it, they did a snake draft, so anybody who actually like, plays fantasy football will be intimately familiar with this. But they did a snake draft where they basically went uh, position by position. And the first uh, position were quarterbacks. And they kind of went from there. And what was interesting about that is in many ways, and we talk about this all the time, Scott, about you know, what's the importance of different players on the field. And they determined that the most important, court, most important player after quarterback were the defensive ends. And after that were offensive tackles. After that were cornerbacks, and then wide receivers, safeties, centers, linebackers, guards, nose tackles, and then running backs. So running back until round 27 and 28, and then you round it out with outside linebackers, kickers, punters, tight ends, and long snappers. Poor tight ends. Why do they get popped down around 34? Anyway, very interesting way of running a draft. It is complete now. So let me ask you first, Scott, any takeaways from the USFL uh, 2022 draft? In terms of specific players trends the logistics or anything about the usfl itself yeah
0: well i think first of all you know it's great to see opportunities for players right any chance yep. guys can get out on the field and perform awesome you know happy for them um i, I think it's interesting that the you mentioned the the position sequence and and mm-hmm. i think that's you know in my mind how um, teams should really build their team their organizations right quarterbacks you know, mm-hmm. get pressure on the quarterback, and then yep. protect the quarterback. And and I've yep. been screaming for years that that's what Detroit needs to do. And if they take uh, a an edge rusher this year, I'll be happy um, mm-hmm. to match that. But I think you know it, it was a great opportunity to to see players pick. I'll be honest, I knew it was coming. I tried to track how to see the players, but it was a little confusing. For me really to hard say to say because yeah. Yeah, it was Twitter only and then by the player. So we were – my son and I were talking about it, and and I was researching and trying to see it. So I'll just say that, I mean, I kind of get what they're doing. They really wanted to get their social media out there. But, man, I could have used the YouTube feed for sure. Um, Seriously.
1: absolutely agree.
0: On that to see what was going on. And and player-wise, you know, look, these are guys that, that need a lot of work. I think, you know, Shea Patterson first you know, coming out of mm-hmm. Michigan. Interesting name and then I saw, you know, Paxton Lynch can't keep his yeah. name out of out of football, so he floated yep. around again and gonna get another chance. So we'll yep. be you know, it'll be interesting to see how the product looks on the field, what the T V coverage looks like. But um yeah, overall I, I think it'll be great. It gives us some spring football. I don't think I'll be playing fantasy or betting on it, but I'll definitely be watching <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, well I don't think we know enough about what's gonna happen there. I, tried to play, I think we tried to play fantasy when the AAF came out or something like that, or maybe it was XFL, and it was like a total crapshoot. It's like I don't know who's good uh, in these systems. How is it going to work? I don't know. So, yeah, um, I, I made you do it anyway. I just love fantasy football, but um, it will definitely be just for fun. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, it's interesting because, like you said, you've been yelling this from the rooftops since day one, but they actually said the way they set up the draft was day one, Whoever most impacts the quarterback, those are the most important people to build your team around. You're building it from scratch. You got to build it around who most impacts the quarterbacks. And they decided those defensive ends and edge rushers definitely impact the quarterback the most outside from the quarterback, of course, and then tackles corners and then wide receivers. So they actually don't even get to those running backs till the end and And I think you might recall, that one of our uh, old, old, old line colleagues, one of the guys, uh, used to co-host a show with me, Brian Woodfield, used to hate on people picking running backs in the NFL draft. You know, what do you think about that? I mean, in light of what they do here, what do you think about running backs and how they impact the game today?
0: Well, I think, I think it really mirrors the, the trend we've watched in, in fantasy, right? So 20 years ago, the first-round pick was always the running back and, and yeah. now you have people who go zero running back or uh you know late running back and i think there's just so many guys that can uh fill that role and that need on a team that you don't have to really invest high you know in the in the regular draft you know a high pick on a on a running back cuz you can just find these guys and you're going to wear them out over a couple of years and move on i mean we're you know, we'll we'll talk. I'm sure before the draft, but you, you've got guys like Ezekiel Elliott that might be on the way out of the league, and yeah, yeah, You know, he he can't be six six seven years in and and he's done and he's been you know kind of washed up. So it, it doesn't surprise me. I think it it matches what we've seen you know in fantasy even.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that all, and it'll be interesting to see how it all, all shakes out when they actually get on the field. They also had an interesting mechanic where you could pick more, you could take another pick in a positional category by uh, waving or passing on a future pick in another round, which I thought was interesting because obviously what ended up happening was everybody waved their pick for the long snapper because it was the last round. <laughs> so obviously they didn't think, think of that through um, before doing it. But um, interesting dynamics there. I, I think uh, the draft, setup was very interesting clearly made to mimic building a team from scratch as opposed to supplementing a team because in the future you may not need a quarterback speaking of quarterbacks i there are some quarterbacks here getting a couple of different chances now of course you mentioned shea patterson went, went number one overall but jordan tamu went number two and he went undrafted um he has a short stint with the houston texans but then he became the first player um, allocated slash selected in the XFL, and he went to the St. Louis Battle Hawks and did very well there in 2020 before that was paused because of COVID, and they're going to come back in 2023, but um, he's back. He was the second overall pick this year in the USFL, so I'm interested to see what happens there. I did notice there were a couple names there that I had to like double-take at and say, who are these people? <laughs> you know, There was Ben Holmes. Uh, coming out of Tarleton State University. He was picked fourth overall. I, I have to admit, I had to look up who that was. I wasn't really 100% sure. And then, like you said, Paxton Lynch ends up being picked in the uh, 12th round, in the last pick of the 12th round. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know how these draft rooms uh, set this all up, but it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out at the end. Another name that popped up, Kyle Luletta, uh obviously popped up, and he was kind of kicked around for a little bit. He was actually drafted in the fourth round, by the new york giants in 2018 obviously washed out and ended up um being now selected seventh overall by the pitch third one last question about the usfl before we move on from this here scott so um michigan has a team i know you're a detroit lions guy i know that that's that's number one but um is uh is michigan panthers going to get you get any love from you this season
0: yeah, we we talked about that in the house and and uh, kicked around some teams and and I basically left it up with my son so we could have the same team and and he went with Houston because their uniforms are cool.
1: So we're <laughs> we're gonna be Houston fans. <laughs> All right, Houston Gamble and the, they're called the Gamblers. I how can you how can you hate on that? That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I, I they better go for they better go for it on fourth down every single time. They better but name like the Gamblers, you guys got to go for it every time, right? Otherwise it's no truth in advertising. That's the way I see it. Um, all right. Well, that's enough about the USFL. We'll talk more about that as we go on. And, of course, keep an eye on those folks that we've interviewed in the past and in the future. Um, I'm sure we'll get a couple of those guys on the, on the show. So it'll be fun. Hit the boxing bell. Quick sponsor read. Manscaped, who supports football garbage time, is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family, jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer to lawnmower 4.0. Hey, Four is better than one, two, or three. So go get one, because we got one. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Garbage Time at manscaped.com. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Aaron Rodgers saga. So let me ask you, Scott, what is the deal with Packers quarterbacks? I mean, first is Brett Favre, His will he, won't he, all that craziness. He left, he came back, he left, he came back. He finally left and wanted to come back again. And the Packers said, sorry, you're out. You said you were going to go, so you're gone. We're going with Aaron Rodgers. And now we got Aaron Rodgers doing kind of the same thing, you know. Um, I don't know. Is it something in the cheese? Is there something going on here? What do you think? Is there some <laughs> deal here with Packers quarterbacks? Uh, yeah,
0: I think I think there's something interesting about Green Bay, and it comes up every once in a while. You know, this is a team that's, like, publicly traded. They don't have yeah, an owner. Yeah. They have right. like this commission or whatever. So I I do think there's some uniqueness with Green Bay, um, you, you know, because they don't have that Jerry Jones who says, you know, I'll do anything it takes to win, or right. or, or some of these owners. So I, I think you know there is a little bit, you know, maybe maybe Rogers learned something by watching Favre sort of at the end of his career go a little yeah. crazy, um, exactly. But but I do I do think there's something to this you know, ownership, ownership structure and, and I agree. how that team is, is assembled that, you know, causes a little bit of problems. And, you know, I'd have to look back, but what was the last big name free agent that went to Green Bay? Was it, was it Reggie White? I mean, who, oh, who's man. been, call. who's going there?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question cor- I don't even know. That's, that's, it's that's, uh, that's a good, that's a good question. I have not looked into that recently. And, but I totally agree with the fact that their ownership structure does have some impact on what happens. And part of that also is that the quarterback, if they're good, like Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, they become the face of the franchise, but also the, the face of the organization. You know, like basically they are the owner, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what they want, they get. And, and I think that does change the way you look at things um, in terms of how you um, you you deal with, the team and your and your career and the future. Uh, and uh, Rogers learned a lot from Favre, a lot of good stuff. And unfortunately, he learned some, some of this stuff as well. So let me get everyone caught up real quick. You know, it's pretty clear there's some off-season drama here. You know, Rogers last year, said he was upset with management, wanted to leave, and then he came back and he decided to post a picture of the Bulls' last dance, implying that this will be his last year. And now uh, he's creating a lot more buzz because he had an Instagram post recently where he thanked all his teammates, Over time, as if he was leaving. Uh, Now he has said that he hasn't decided what he's going to do. He also has said that he intends to tell Green Bay his intentions soon. That's according to ESPN. So this is theoretically right around the corner. Now this is just a day after uh, Packers general manager Brian uh, Gates told the uh, told reporters that he and Rogers had agreed prior to the twenty one season twenty twenty one season to collectively reevaluate the quarterback's future ahead of twenty twenty two. He also dismissed the notion that he ever promised Rogers a trade if Rogers preferred to leave and also declined to confirm whether he would honor a trade request at all. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because there are a lot of moving parts over there in, in Packer Land and we've seen a lot of movement in terms of restructuring recently to free up cap space we want to be able to franchise tag Devante Adams, someone we're going to talk about in a little minute. But they also know that they're not going to be able to do that, or they're not going to probably want to do that if Aaron Rodgers moves on. So let me ask you this question. What are your thoughts, Scott, on whether Rodgers will stay at the Packers? And if not, where might he go? Where might he fit in?
0: Yeah, I think I think there's just been too many signals uh, for him to that he wants to leave for him to stay at this point. Um, you know, this is uh, – a team with a lot of history, small town franchise. I think Aaron Rodgers has always sort of been too big for Green Bay, the city. And Mm -hmm. I I think it's time for them to, to move on. And, and then, you know, we'll benefit both organizations if they can get a good trade. Um, I was looking through the list of teams and and there's a lot of speculation around a few teams, but I went with two on my list, one from the AFC, one from the NFC. These might be, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit off the radar, I'm going to go with the Colts. You know they're obviously moving oh. on to points. I think that's right. a pretty talented roster. Uh, obviously, his running back is uh, and Taylor's pretty awesome, and, and they've got a decent um, defense. And I, and I really like uh, Frank Reich as their core, as their uh, uh, coach. And then I think the other one that's probably a little obvious in the NFC would be Tampa, right? right. I mean, how nice would it be for Tampa to, you know, unplug <laughs> t- uh, Tom and plug in. Aaron, and, and Tampa just becomes like this retirement community yeah. for quarterbacks where at the <laughs> last couple years of the season, they just keep rotating down into Tampa and and get into one of those, like the villages and and get them a little retirement home yeah. and, and win a Super Bowl. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Indy and Tampa.
1: Yeah, no, those are great. Uh, I think those are uh, really, really good landing spots for them, and that would be just almost unfair for tampa to just get aaron Rodgers at this point you know i mean um although hey who knows With all the pieces they have there yeah uh, he can get that he can get that super bowl that second super bowl win by uh, going down there he might just do it uh, i will say that the one thing that makes some logical sense has been long speculated is the denver broncos they obviously need a quarterback they have a ton of cap space uh this year And, of course, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett was recently named their head coach. So, uh, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett had a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers, uh, and um, maybe he'll follow him over there because he knows already how he plays and he may just restructure the Broncos the way he wants it. And they have great weapons there. They just haven't had the quarterback play necessary to take advantage of those weapons. I mean, Jerry Judy obviously is um, not terrible. I mean, he has a a lot more – Potential to reach and um, you know you just there's a lot of things that can be done there so I, I think that the Denver Broncos would make a lot of sense uh, although I would, wouldn't mind if he decided to jot on down a little bit south and join the Bears <laughs> you know that's fine we yeah. we'd, you know, maybe he can teach Justin Fields a thing or two or just win us a, a Super Bowl and then we'd be all happy and everything would be right as rain again uh, Aaron so <laughs> that'll be the one time that I will actually buy an Aaron Rodgers jersey All right, so that's it about Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about some other free agents. Before we do that, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy, uh, our sponsor, who uh, obviously has a great site, you know, should come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season, which is actually over, but you can continue playing in all the sports. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. So it's actually interesting. You choose 10 out of 20 available player props, build your lineup, and you win. And, of course, they guarantee $140,000 in prizes every week. They've awarded over $4 million this season. And who can't use $4 million? Everybody can. So use promo code GARBAGETIME when you sign up today, and you'll receive 100% instant first deposit match for up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. So let's talk about those NFL free agents because Aaron Rodgers is clearly not the only free agent available in the NFL. Let's uh, let's talk about some of those other targets out there and where they might fit. Let's start with you, Scott. Give us uh, one of your top NFL free agents this offseason and where you think they might fit and why.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see where the big wide receiver Mike Williams goes from the Chargers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's somebody that I've had in fantasy over the last few years, and and he's definitely one of those, I'd say, frustrating players they have on fantasy because he could go and get you you know, 10 for 100 yards and three touchdowns, or he could get one catch for five yards and, and you don't find him. So he's a little <laughs> bit of a boomer bush player, um, which yeah. could definitely be frustrating at times, but he's just huge. He's He's a monster, and Anybody that plays Madden knows that, that he definitely gets matchup uh, advantage there against the little corners in the game. But, you know, there's a laundry list of teams, and, and part of the reason why I'm looking at wide receivers so heavily is because Detroit's number one on the list of needing wide receivers, especially sure. somebody to pair up with Amon ross a. Brown, who's,
1: yeah.
0: uh, you know, emerging. And, and I think is a really good, you know, maybe a two or a slot, but definitely mm-hmm. needs some help. You can go across the board. You know, Cleveland's going to be completely wiped out of wide receivers. Green Bay's probably losing Devontae Adams. You know, Mm Colts could use some help. New England could use some help. You know, Vegas. So there's a laundry list of teams. I I do like Mike Williams. He's he's frustrating to own in fantasy, but Mm -hmm. he is a big target. And uh, I'm definitely interested to see where he lands.
1: Yeah. I, I, I love that one and I have always been a fan of what Mike Williams has been able to do, but he has been consistent. And it's interesting because, you know, obviously Justin Herbert had a great revelation for that, um, after he was forced to service in his rookie year. So, uh, it's surprising that he hasn't picked up a little more consistency or that he might not want to stay and be part of that team because there's a lot of future left uh in that uh in that franchise. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mike Williams. Uh definitely keeping an eye on that. Uh my first nfl free agent is um you mentioned him we mentioned him in the last segment everyone's going to be talking about him it's Devontae adams Um, obviously uh, adams made it very clear he wants to be the highest paid player at the wide receiver position and quite frankly he's probably going to get it i mean there's there's very i don't know how there's going to be so many suitors for his services and there's going to be no way that he's not going to get uh that top spot in terms of uh Player compensation for a wide receiver. Now he may be franchise tagged, but it's going to cost just shy of twenty million dollars to franchise tag him. So you better be sure you have all your parts for a run at the Super Bowl next year if you're going to if you're going to franchise tag uh, Devontae Adams because that's just going to be a one year, very expensive rental. And Green Bay does not have a lot of salary cap space, and that is just going to make it incredibly challenging for them to fit in any other pieces that they might need along the way. And, and we already seen they can't – they're not winning of just Devontae Adams and just Aaron Rodgers. They need more than that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Clearly, there are so many fits. Everybody you named, Scott, uh, is a good fit for Devontae Adams. But in particular, one of them that you named I think is really interesting, Derek Carr in Las Vegas. They actually uh, went to college together. So I think that would be an interesting fit. Derek Carr has a big arm. He certainly uh, has some familiarity with Devontae Adams. Uh, They could use a, um, you know, a number one wide receiver, quote unquote. I think there's a lot of potential there for him to go to Las Vegas. Of course, I would love to see him again come down across the border and join Chicago or join any one of those teams. I think he could pretty much fit in everywhere. Uh, And I could also see him going over to the Broncos with Rodgers. Imagine that. I mean, what would what would the Broncos look like if you added Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to what they already have there? I think that would be ridiculous. I think that would be absolutely ridiculous. So uh, something uh, something to look forward uh, to there at, at this point. That right now, people are talking about the bare minimum is about 25 mil per year to get his services and at least a minimum of a four-year contract. So that's a heavy price to pay. But those Vegas guys, they have actual cap space. So, hey, another reason why he might go there. What are your thoughts on uh, Devonte Adams?
0: Yeah, I think that would definitely be interesting. I, I'm I'm a huge uh, Hunter Run pro fan. We talked about him yeah. early on in the season on the show. And you
1: would like him? He yeah, he was
0: my pickup of the year and uh, really helped carry me to some some championships. But he was, um, you know, a little over his head. I think with where he ended up, 100 100 plus catches, and um, he could he could really use use some help over top. So I, I do like that. Um, I, I think the Raiders fly under the radar a little bit on their talent because of the season that they had and, and yeah. in the playoffs. But that team is not like rebuilding from an empty cover. There are right. a few plug and play players away from, from making some noise. So I, I really do like that. set.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I, I would love to see him if he were to slot in with the Broncos, then you would have, um, you know, you would have Aaron Rodgers, and then you would have Devontae Adams. You have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. I feel like that's like dynamite. I mean, like, you can't even, that just seems like dynamite. And and although Melvin Gordon is, you know, getting over the hill there, you got Javante Williams. I mean, you you definitely have a lot there going on. So I, I can see that happening as well, particularly with Nathaniel Hackett there. He, obviously, the offensive coordinator who got along well with both of those guys. So just saying, just saying, there's a possibility. All right. What's your second NFL free agent that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm going
0: to stay with the wide receivers and, and go with somebody you're familiar with, which is Allen Robinson. Um, yes, sir. Wide, wide receiver for the Bears. Um, you know, I, I became very familiar with him down in Jacksonville in fantasy and, and won some big big matchups with him. Um, you know, I think this past season, um, I mean, not sorry Sorry to break the news to you, but Justin Field struggled. I, I don't yeah. know if you realize that. Um, <laughs> he yeah, said, yeah. You know, when, when
1: my – Call it that. We'll we'll just stick with that. Struggle sounds good.
0: <laughs> yeah, when when he's throwing, you know, for less than a hundred yards, the wide receivers aren't gonna aren't gonna fare very well. And Robert Robinson's stat line this year was just ter- uh, just terrible. And I feel bad yeah. for anybody that you know might have taken him early. But if you go back, just you know, even the year before and, and his time in Jacksonville, this guy can play. He's young, um, so. You know, same thing. I, I think somebody's going to get him on on a pretty good deal because of this sort of underinflated view of him last year. Same with uh-huh. the characters. I'd I'd love to have him in Detroit. Uh, I think he'd fit well. But you know, he's going to be a sleeper. You know, early fantasy sleeper. He's going to be somebody you're going to get as maybe a wide receiver you know 3 in fantasy who has a chance if he gets with the right team to pop and so i'm really excited to see where where he lands uh, next year.
1: Yeah, and he is was criminally underused, unused in Chicago. And and i say that because i love Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson loves the city of Chicago. Clearly nobody in the coaching staff in Chicago loved him because they could not get him <laughs> involved of any Type of offense. It doesn't matter who was back there throwing the ball, you know, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Justin Fields. He just wasn't getting any looks and it just boggles the mind. He is one of the one of the top, I would say 10 wide receivers, at least uh, in the NFL, if he was there with a competent quarterback and in the competent offensive scheme. So I hope he does land someplace good because he does deserve it. Um, I know that there's zero chance he's coming back to Chicago. Uh, Although who knows, you know, when we got new head coach, maybe, uh, but I I think unlikely. All right, let's. uh, I'm going to go my last guy here, and and we are just on this wide receiver tear, so I might as well just keep it going because I I got Chris Godwin in my sights. Now, obviously, Chris Godwin had a premature end to his season because of uh, you know, I mean, had a uh, had a premature end of the season last year um, due to the ACL, and, and and you know he. It's going to be interesting to see how it all t- kind of pans out, but he should be fine. And he is a great, great Z receiver. I think he has so much potential. And, of course, with Tom Brady checking out of Tampa Bay, maybe less of, you know, reason for him to come back. Now, he may decide that it's time for him to move on. They did, They actually did pretty well without him. So I think he's going to move on, and I think he's going to move on to one of the teams that really need to, to need complement it. A receiver not the wide receiver one so much but like a 1b or a wide receiver two uh, a a true z receiver and i think the arizona cardinals is is where i'm thinking he might land if he has an opportunity to get there because right now you say that okay kyler murray let's let's say all the offseason there's a lot of offseason angst over there in arizona but let's say it all settles down you got kyler murray there you got deandre hopkins there you got some combination of A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but if you decide to slot in Chris Godwin and you got Zach Ertz there, who had, we got a revival in Arizona, I feel like there is a lot of potential. They have a great offensive line for the most part. I think they're building on it. Kyler Murray obviously needs to become better at, um, uh, at handling the ball. I mean, he, he was really exposed later in the season. Uh, he was throwing a lot of interceptions. He got frustrated easy. Uh, and things kind of crashed around them as they got into the playoffs. But I think there's a lot to build on here um, for, for a few pieces. And Chris Godwin could be a good piece for them. What do you think about Chris Godwin? Oh, <laughs> hey, Scott. you got you got you got dumped. Scott, no, you there?
0: I, sorry, I got. Yeah, my phone dropped. You got me?
1: Uh, yeah, you. I, I <laughs> I just went, hey, what do you think about Chris Godwin? And it was, like, silence. And I'm like, oh, he must really hate Chris Godwin. He really doesn't like this guy. He just I'm like, oh, wait, he's not <laughs> – because I saw you got kicked and you got back That's on the cool. switchboard. Uh, so, yeah, let me get your thoughts real quick on Chris Godwin. I, I was just recommending – I was uh, prognosticating that he would be a good fit for the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, you give me your thoughts. What do you think about Chris Godwin and where he might go?
0: Yeah, I think he's a, he's a great talent, and, and I was uh, – saying while I was on mute that Arizona, you know, was people forget, you know, they were the number one seed. They were, I, I think they had beaten the Rams earlier in the season. And then, yeah. and then um, the quarterback, Kyle uh, Murray got hurt. And we don't know what that did for him down the stretch. So that's right. Um, you know, they also missed Hopkins for for a good portion of the year too. Right? And he he was yep. out, I think, as well. So that's right. You know, that's a team. And Chase Edmonds got hurt, and John Connor had to step um, step in, and James Connor um, step in and and pick up some some of the load there. So that's a team that you know I'd say had. Um, you know, an asterisk by it with all the injuries and could come back next year and be strong. And if they could add a Godwin who, you know, can open things up over the top, which you've got a Hopkins who can catch anything over the middle, um, yeah. that that would definitely be a good fit for them. I, I like that.
1: Yeah, I, I and I think that obviously A.J. Green had a little bit of a revival, but we saw a lot of old A.J. Green there, like quitting on routes and meandering around the field. And I just don't get it sometimes, you know, because <laughs> he could be great. And sometimes he just doesn't look like he's trying but either way uh, I think the Cardinal, I think the Washington Commanders could also benefit from him being there but we I'd like to I think they have a priority to get a quarterback first um, before they do anything yeah. else so there's that all right well that takes us to the end of the show we'll put the air horn on the show here it always goes so fast we actually get a little bit of overtime here we went about 6 minutes over cuz we love you guys and we wanted to make sure we got all this information out Uh, thanks Scott for joining us on the show. This is great. Always fun to have you. We should definitely do this more often. You, uh, you are, as I've always said, the reason, part of the reason and one of the main reasons why football garbage time exists today. So always great to have you on the show and get your insight. How about you give us your social media so people can follow you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Always, always enjoy it. Um, you can find me NFL fantasy underscore more, um, Heavy on the moor now that we're off of football season. So <laughs> I'll be hitting up Fontana on Sunday for some NASCAR,
1: right. yep.
0: USFL, basketball, hockey, you name it. Uh, I'll, I'll be out there
1: talking about it. And you're always placing these ridiculously big parlays, man. These like nine-leg oh. parlays. I'm like, you have some guts. <laughs> you have some You have some real I, guts. I I can barely make it over to like three legs on a parlay before I get I get a chicken out. And I'd be like, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm not putting any I, more in there. I had, no.
0: a, I had 17 legs, and I hit 16 of them. And, and, oh, uh, it was, so it brutal. Was brutal. I was crying. <laughs> was
1: hey, you know, it's one of those things, right? Because you're like, you're close, but it's not horseshoes or hand grenades. So <laughs> 16 to 17 is still... As they say in Talladega Nights, right? Uh, number two is still <laughs> you, either your first or your last, right? <laughs> so,
0: first or last, that's right. There it it's is. Fake. There
1: it is. All right. So you can uh, follow me on Twitter at FD Garbage time. You can also follow us on Facebook at our Football Garbage Time site or at FootballGarbageTime.com. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL and USFL week.